Today, I'd actually love to celebrate one of the things I love about our church, this church. I love that at the end of every service, we say these words, right? We pray this prayer that Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, right? He said these words because they asked him, right? How should we pray? How do we pray? Because they saw how effective Jesus' prayers were, right? Jesus would cast out demons and say, this only happens through prayer. But interestingly enough in those stories, right? Jesus doesn't actually pray to do it, right? To cast out the demon, Jesus doesn't pray. Jesus just does it. So what role did prayer have in that moment? Well, prayer at, at core is a formation of character. It's, it's something that God has given us to help us become more like God. And so we enter character formation when we pray. The disciples saw this, and so they wanted to know. They said, Jesus, there's something different about your praying. We want to learn how to do that. And so he says these words. And we say these words, don't we? We say these words here in this church, and I love that so much for a couple reasons. Number one, when we say these words, right, we are saying ancient words that Christ followers have said throughout time. As, as Christ followers have followed him, they've said these words. And these words have formed the basis for what prayer is, what, what prayer should be. It's called the Lord's Prayer. But it should probably be called the disciples' prayer because this is a prayer meant for disciples following after Jesus. And as we say these words, they form us, but there's an important point. Repetition is not kingdom praying. I'll say it again. Repetition is not kingdom praying. Just because we say the words, it's not like, right, like magic words. There are meanings behind these words that we say. And the power of these words to form us are in the meanings behind the words. So, 2022, here it is. Right, like it or not, here we are. <laughs> right, and the world continues to happen, right? <laughs> What's happening in the world? So much, right? Uh, this past week was January 6th. So much is happening, right? The news continues to play. <laughs> Things continue to happen. There's a lot of noise. Social media continues to be a thing. Cryptocurrency and the blockchain apparently are a thing, right? NFTs are a thing, and at some point, we need our young people to explain, us, explain to us what NFTs are and how they work. I have no idea. See, not enough of you are in that space. If you're honest, right? If anyone here actually understands NFTs, I would love to pick your brain. Okay. Just, right? Just please. Okay. So with that said, it's important to distinguish the signal from the noise. There's a lot of noise right now. How is a Christ follower 
to distinguish the signal from the noise. These, these words give us a clue at how to do that. So we, I, I would love to dig in to the words. And at core, what I want to do is talk about prayer in general, right? What is prayer? I think we agree that prayer is important and we should do it. What is it? Right? Again, we say the words, right? Let's pray. What are we doing when we do that? Well, prayer at, at its basic level, prayer is a request. We're asking God for something. Okay, we're gonna ask for something. At its basic, basic part. And here's what's important when we pray, when we enter this idea of the request. Right, we're saying the words. We must pray about what interests us. What interests you? Right? We have interests all across. This is one of my favorite things about having conversations with people. And I've noticed some of your pastors are really good at this. Pastor Ben, I've noticed you're really good at this. You will ask questions about people's interests to get to know them. You're really, really good at doing that. And so, right, that's how we get to know each other. We ask these, what interests you? Tell me about your world. What is important to you? Those are the things you should pray about. What is it? What could it be? You know, we talk about adults in the space. Maybe it's your workplace. Maybe it's what you're dealing with, right? Conversations that you have with friends and with spouses, right? You're talking about, well, this is happening right now. These are the things you should pray about, right? Or for, right, students, for kids, what's going on in your world? Uh, Problems with friends, right? Disputes on discord. See, see, did you hear that? Do you even know what that is? Okay. It's happening. It's happening. Uh, You should pray about these things, right? Whatever your interests are, you should pray about. And here's why. Because as we pray about those things, our interests themselves will grow with the largeness of God's love. As we pray about the things that are interesting to us and involve our world, the process of prayer will actually grow our interests. We will start to care about the things God cares about as we pray. But it's important to start with the things that interest you. Why? Because that's, how you, that's why you would want to pray, right? That's why you would, why would you want to pray? Are you also interested in the things I'm interested in? Maybe not. <laughs> right? But you're interested in your things. Pray about those things, right? The things that interest me. What do I think about? Inanities, right? Trivia. Don't worry about it. Pray about what's interesting to you. And as you pray and enter that space, God will grow your interests. You will find that you start caring about the things that God cares about. What does God care about? A lot, God cares about a lot. God cares about people in your space. God cares about people on the other side of the earth and everywhere in between. We'll start to care about them too. Our interests will grow with the largeness of God's love. Now prayer under any interpretation, it's a particular exertion and expression of thought, will, and desire. So when you pray, right, That's what you're doing. You're exerting thought, will, and desire. That's what prayer is, right? And it's a request, all right? 
Okay, so we're establishing this. And above all, like I mentioned earlier, prayer is a means of forming our characters. Above all. This is why I love it, because our community is centered. We're committed to saying these words at the end of every service, and we're committed to entering the formation of our character as a people, as a community. We, we've never needed it more than 2022. So I'm really glad. I, I love that we do this here. It combines, and this is what prayer does. It combines freedom and power with service and love. It's God's intention that we should grow into the kind of person that he could empower to do what we want to do. It is God's intention that we should grow into the kind of person, right, that, he, that God could empower to do what we want to do. What do you want to do? Now here's the thing. <laughs> this is why this statement is true. The reason why it's true is because as our characters are formed, what happens is that we become more like God. So the things that we would want to do are the things that God would want us to do, right? So the things I want to do are things God wants me to do, and so God wants to empower me to do those things. All right, that's, that's what we're talking about here when we talk about right, this prayer. See, we thought we were just saying words. We're not. We're entering a way of living and a commitment, right? A commitment to the things that God cares about. Okay. Again, the words. Prayer is a form of speaking, and it is best learned by entering into the words that Jesus gave us to say to God when we pray. And here's the thing. We like listening to people, and the reason why we listen to people, right? Because we believe that they have something to say about it, right? They have something to teach us. On some level, they're a subject matter expert, right? Which is probably one of the reasons why sometimes people don't listen to me. That's okay, Right? They're like, oh, this guy has nothing to say to me about this, so I'm not going to listen. Right? But when Jesus says something, my hope is that we all take Jesus seriously enough to believe that Jesus is a subject matter expert. The disciples believed it. We should too. And Jesus was an expert at this thing. All right. Now that we've established all that, let's get into the words. The first two words are instructive. Our Father. No. Our Father. Now, why are these words important? These words are important because as you yell across the, the parking lot and you say, Dad, <laughs> hey, Dad, right? Or, hey, Mom, there's recognition there. Right? There's a bond there that's stronger than steel, and you can hear it. Right? It's like music. It's like, wait a second, I know that voice, and that voice knows me, and we are connected in relation. This is, this is happening. There's a recognition there. Right? Our Father. When we say those words, we locate ourselves in relation to God, and God to us. So, right, as you talk to your parent, right? Parents, right? Oh, recognition. Hello. <laughs> I do know you. You are mine. <laughs> right? 
And it works the other way too. For example, if we say parents, if we say child, right? Oh, there's a recognition. Okay, yes. There is a connection. There's a bond that is unbreakably strong in that relation. These words do that. Also, there's another word, right? Our. Our. It places us in relation not only to God, but to each other. Our. So who now is saying our? Wait, did you say our? You shouldn't because I hate you and we don't get along or agree on anything. Please don't say our. Do you understand what you're doing when you say our? When you say our and I say our, that means we're connected right now. And I don't know if I'm okay with that, to be honest, because I don't like you and you don't like me. But we're saying our. We're connected. Ah. Friends, we've only, just two words. We're saying the word our. It locates us in relation to each other. Right? God has, God has no grandchildren, it said, right? God has only children, right? And we are saying our together. Oh, all of a sudden we're siblings with the same parents. Now, how does that change things for you and the people that you don't like? How does that change things for the people you don't like and you? Why are you being so kind to me? We hate each other. I thought we've established this. Yeah, yeah, we do, but we're connected. And so I'm called to be kind to you and to love you, and it's going to annoy you, and this is where it's going to (laughs) be, because we say our, and we're together in that. Two words. All right, more words. There, there are more words. Our, our Father, right? <laughs> what are the next words, right? In the heavens, right? Our Father in the heavens. Okay, so what does this do? This further locates God as what? Transcending. God transcends, right? God is above and beyond and more powerful. So when you're in your situation and it's terrible, it's the worst And God is powerful. And we say these words, don't we? Omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent, right? Ubiquitous. God is beyond. And my problems are small. And God can handle it. And oh, I talk like this and I feel bigger already. (laughs) Right? God is in the heavens. But... That's not it. That's not all of it. There's more. What else is there? Because when we say in the heavens, right? Or, right, old King Jimmy, which art in heaven, right? Above us. God is also near, isn't God, right? God is also near in our presence. When Jesus spoke, right, about the kingdom, where was it? It's near, It's at hand. It is within you. God is not only beyond, but God is also Emmanuel, close. Christmas, right? We just celebrated this. God with us. God is with us. 
This locates God further, beyond and close. More words. Our Father in the heavens. Hallowed be your name. What is that? Parents, hallowed be your name. Yeah? <laughs> you're like, wait, wait, you're a weird kid, please. But there's a uniqueness, right, to our parents. Now, granted, there are some wounds we carry because of our parents, granted, also. They're unique to you. And what this phrase says, hallowed, is this idea that we desire God to be unique in our lives, right, like a parent, respected, but not just by us, right, by all. May everyone see you, God, the way we see you, with admiration and love, right? And awe. God, you are beyond and you are close. And we desire everyone to see that. May you have unique standing in the world. That's our desire. That's our request. Hallowed be your name. And then, right, a phrase together. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love this phrase a lot because of God's kingdom. God's kingdom, what is it? I mean, it's weird. We don't really talk about kingdoms anymore. What's a kingdom even? Do we talk about that? United kingdom, that's a thing, right? Isn't it? But it's weird because like the United Kingdom is separate than Britain, different, right? And then separate from... Like, I, I, I'm still trying to figure out the commonwealth and exactly how it all works, right? <laughs> how exactly does it work? But what is God's kingdom? What exactly is it? Dallas Willard says, right, that God's kingdom is where what God wants to happen happens. It's where what God wants to happen happens. That's God's kingdom. And granted, when Jesus spoke, right, bursts on the scene in Matthew Right, chapter four, and in Luke chapter four, the very first things that Jesus says, what? Repent and believe the good news that the kingdom of God, and here it is, right, is at hand. Repent and believe this good news. So I'm telling you right now what the good news is according to Jesus. Now, sometimes we have some conflation that's like weird. We'll talk about the good news, right? And nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, maybe not quite, 9.8 times out of 10, if you ask a Christian what the good news is, right, just on the street, I, I did this a few years ago, I did this maybe like 15 years ago, 20 years ago, right, but I just asked random people at a Bible college, what is the good news? And they gave me some form of penal substitutionary atonement theory. Okay, all right, <laughs> those are words. Basically, right, what does it mean? It means, well, here's the good news. The good news is that Jesus lived, died, rose again, so I don't have to burn in hell, but I can live with him in heaven. Essentially, right? That's the good news. Is it? Is it? I don't know. Penal substitutionary atonement theory? So here's what I'll say for today. That's not the sermon today, but I'll say words about it. So that is the beginning of the gospel but it is not actually the gospel that Jesus preached. The gospel that Jesus preached is more. 
the gospel of the kingdom where what God wants to happen happens. Repent and believe this gospel. If you don't believe me, it's okay. You could read the Bible and find out, <laughs> number one. Number two, I, I could be lying to you. Actually, there is a, a reasonable chance I'm lying to you right now. So definitely read the Bible and figure out if I'm telling you the truth. Okay, number one. Number two, right? Throughout the book of Acts, Paul and Peter talk more about the kingdom of God than anything else. See, a lot of times what we end up doing in church is we will take Paul's theology and read Jesus through Paul's theology. Well, Paul said this, and so Jesus meant that. But that is backward. What we should do is we should take Jesus' theology, what Jesus taught about the gospel of the kingdom, and then understand Paul through that. That's actually the the way it's meant to be. And if you read, again, the book of Acts, don't take my word for it, check it out. The book of Acts, that's what Paul talked about more than anything else. And Peter, the kingdom of God. Okay, enough of a rant about that. But the kingdom is where what God wants to happen happens. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So in heaven, where God is located, right? The heavens, and also here, right? Where what God wants to happen actually happens in heaven. God wants things to happen in heaven, and it does. This is a request that where what God wants to happen would happen here and here. God, what do you want to happen here? I want it to be true, right here. It has to start somewhere. Start here. What do you want to happen here? Your kingdom come and your will be done here and here. Words. These are good, good words that Jesus gave us. Give us today our daily bread. More words. What is this about? This is about provision. Provision for what we need today. And here's the danger here. This is the danger. Now, say for example, we have a child, I'm a parent, right? We have kids, right? And I feed them, right? On occasion, that happens. <laughs> there are meals that happen. Now, consider this, right? You're a parent, you have a child, there's food that happens, right? And, and when you eat, unbeknownst to you, right? In a, in a secret way, right? They, they take a bite, right? And then they hide some. They hide some of the food, right? It's like, oh, here's a roll, oh, half, oh, okay. You're like, wait, why are you doing that? Why even are you stashing food? There are so many reasons why you should not be doing this right now. <laughs> oh, because, parents, I don't trust you to be able to give me my, I mean, you even said that you feed me occasionally, so <laughs> I'm stashing it for next time because I don't trust you to feed me again later. <laughs> would, it, would that concern you as a parent? Maybe, I don't know, maybe it wouldn't. It would concern me. I'd say, look, no, no, no. No, trust me. I'm, I'm gonna give you today, I'm gonna give you right now what you need. Right now. And what hinders or shuts down kingdom living is not the having of such provisions, 
but rather the trusting in them for future security. And this is important for us. Granted, we live, right, in a space uh, that is rich and in need of nothing. Do we trust in that more than we trust in God? This is a tough one for us. Do, do we trust in our retirement more than we trust in God? Do we trust in the market and how well it did in 2021 and God, please let it continue to do well through 2022? Do we trust in that more than we trust in God? Even if maybe it doesn't. Ah, oh, it's real. It's real, friends. Give us today. God cares about your provision for today. And God will provide for us today. Forgive us, uh-oh, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, we like to be forgiven. Who likes to be forgiven? I like to be forgiven, for sure, 100%. Your guy up here makes plenty of mistakes, needs to ask for forgiveness. I'm so sorry. Would you forgive me? Thank you. Thank you, person I care about. I, I, I appreciate it. I love being forgiven, but let's be honest, forgiving is a challenge. Forgiving is hard. And we forgive someone of a wrong they have done us when we decide that we will not make them suffer for it in any way. That's tough space. We forgive someone of a wrong they have done us when we decide that we will not make them suffer for it in any way. Now this is difficult because I want you to suffer. I want you to squirm a little bit, right? What did you do to me? What did you say about me? Yeah, I'm just gonna look at you while you squirm. Go ahead, squirm a little more. I'll forgive you, it'll happen, but this is fun. Squirm. We forgive someone when we decide, right? We decide that we will not make them suffer for the wrong they've done us. That's hard. Why do we pray these words? It's because we need help forgiving people. It's not something I can do of my own power. It's really, really hard to do. Because justice, right? Like, God, I, I need justice done. This person wronged me. But... Jesus, I believe you. I believe you when you say these words, when you're teaching me this way of living. And so reluctantly, I'm gonna enter these words. I don't want to, but I will, because I trust you. Forgiveness. We're praying for help to forgive others. Can't do it without help. And then lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. What does this mean? Lead us not into temptation. High schoolers, lead us not into temptation, right? You're like, oh, but temptation is so fun. It's so attractive. Let me just, can I just see what temptation's up to? <laughs> what are you up to, temptation? <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is a vote of no confidence in myself. Lead us not into temptation. Like, God, 
Real talk right now in this moment. Temptation is a thing, and so it's a vote of no confidence in our own abilities. And this ends with an acknowledgement of the feebleness of who we are as people, as human beings. We are feeble. This is real talk, and this is Jesus teaching us. Lead us not into temptation. I'm going to teach you, disciples, what... Say these words, lead us not into temptation. Jesus, what does that mean? It means you're weak, and I see you, right? Lead us not into temptation. Oh, Jesus, no, never, I would never. Peter. (laughs) Right? Lead us not into temptation. He's teaching us, right? We tend to have excessive confidence in our own faith, especially when we are not suffering. We, We just talked about, right, the space that we live in. We're rich and in need of nothing. Yeah, maybe we're suffering in certain ways, but maybe, maybe a lot of us aren't suffering, suffering. What do we need? Lead us not into temptation because that's when temptation comes. We're not suffering. This can be dangerous space. However, when trials come, not if trials come, when trials come, and they will, when trials come, we'll have firsthand experience of how God's strength is brought to perfection in our lives precisely by our weakness combined with hopeful faith, right? That's when God shows up into these spaces without fail. People who don't ask God to spare them from trials and evils, spare them from temptation, tend not to recognize when God does spare us from these things. If we don't ask God to spare us, God, please, right? We wouldn't recognize, it's like, oh God, you did a thing? What did you do? Oh, oh, you did that. Oh, I, sorry, I just didn't pay attention. I didn't see it. This is another reason why we do it, right? So that we can start to see God moving in our lives and in the lives of others. And it's true, God does move. We just don't always have the eyes or the ears, right? Or the senses to be aware of it. This prayer serves to locate and reorient us with God in addition to the requests that we bring, right? It's a prayer that teaches us how to pray. It is a foundation of the praying life, right? When Jesus did this, he was introducing his disciples to it and teaching them the basis for continuing in prayer. This is how you should pray. Pray with these things in mind, the meanings of these words behind it. It's an enduring framework for all praying. And it's a powerful lens through which one constantly sees the world as God sees it. So, a couple words that I'm gonna bring back from the beginning. Prayer is basically a request. And we must pray about what interests us because our interests will grow with the largeness of God's love. We will begin to care about what God cares about. Prayer is under any interpretation, a particular exertion and expression of thought, will, and desire. And prayer is above all a means of forming character. It combines freedom and power with service and love. Now, I was talking about noise at the beginning of this, right? And how much noise there is. There's a lot, a lot of things vying for your attention. But I would argue that this prayer is the signal And it teaches us how to deal with the noise in our lives. It teaches us to begin to see things the way it does. And prayer is, like I said, a means of forming character. 
Now, what if in 2022 this happened? What if we started to live this prayer to such a degree that we start to do this, where God's intention that we should grow into the kind of person that God could empower to do what we want to do, right? Because what we want is so aligned with what God wants. What if that begins to happen this year? What will God do in and through and for this community? I don't know, I've been told to dream big. What does that mean? Let's pray. God, we lean into this. We lean into this prayer. We lean into these words as a community. We trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.